Welcome to Social Worker Wine Time. You bring the cheese. We have the wine. We're here to share with you shit they don't tell you in social work school, stories about being helpers. When it comes to medical social work, we have seen and heard it all. During our episodes, we want to share some stories, laugh about them, talk to other helping professionals about their stories, and then laugh about those too. We're going to make light of all the humorous happenings and bizarre encounters in our day-to-day life. We are also working moms and wives, and we'll probably share some of our funny parenting and marriage stories that occur in our lives as well. Our purpose is to use humor to encourage those in the helping professions and working moms and wives. Hello, welcome back to Social Worker Wine Time. We've made it to episode four. We are so glad that you have joined us. I'm Meredith. And I'm Christina. Today's episode, we're going to talk about all the counselor cliches, as well as some of the odd things patients or clients have said to us. We've all been there. We've all had some interesting things or heard some interesting things in our careers. So we just thought it would be fun to kind of share a few of them. I'm going to start with the counselor cliches and I'm going to quiz you, Christina, and see if you can fill in the blanks. (laughs) Okay. So to be fair, just so our listeners know, you have not seen this. I have these notes. I've been saving these notes for years. I write them down every time one happens. I keep it at my desk and um, I write them down. So you have not seen them. So you will not, you do not have any uh, prior knowledge of what these are. Some of them are common, but some of them are just weird. I had a coworker that um, we'll call him Patch Adams, and uh, he used to use a lot of these cliches. And uh, but they're funny, and sometimes they applied to our situation, and sometimes I have no idea what where the hell they came from, but <laughs> they were there. So um, if you'd like to play along, please feel free. Um, Christina will be drinking every time that she gets one wrong, as our usual um, standard, and you know, provided that you have no. Um, you know, addiction issues or illness or anything that would uh, make it a bad idea for you to play along, please feel free to take a drink every time you get one wrong too. Or you could just play along just to see how many you know. See if you can beat Christina. And you'll have to uh, let us know on our social media or in our comments if you uh, got more than she did tonight. All right. Are you ready, Christina? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Some of them will have more than one blank because I kind of have to, you can't give it away. Got it. All right, so the first one is plant your blank early. Flowers? Seeds. Plant your... You're you're on the right track. Seeds. Um, Flowers. Trees? Am I in that area? Is it... Okay, so plant your, say it again. Plant your blank early. Your shit early. Um, (laughs) I have no clue. 
So um, I just Googled it to see if this is really like a real thing, but apparently thing. it really is. Um, plant your corn early. Corn. Oh, okay. So he was yeah. being very specific. Yes. Um, it's from a show, according to Google. Plant your corn early. And if um, it's on the internet, it's 100% factual. It's 100% factual. The Clampets and Mr. Drysdale. I'm not sure that I know what show that's from. Why do I know the Clampets? That maybe, I don't know. It's not a common name. It's from a show. What's the name of the show, The Clampets? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out on Google, but. Um, I guess I got a drink because I totally didn't. Yeah, you that. need a drink. I think I'll use M&Ms if I ever have to play a game because I'm gonna eat candy um okay so that one that's one wrong for you let's see the next one is sometimes you eat the blank and sometimes the blank eats you i think this is a true like this is a true statement sometimes you eat the knowing Knowing Patch. That I've had conversations with Patch Adams before. I'm sh I know it's not like vulgar, but that's like where my brain goes 99% of the time. So I am like 100% in the gutter majority of my life. Um, is, it some, is it truly something you would eat and digest? No. No. Okay. So, you know, like sometimes you're the, the bug, bear. sometimes you're the windshield. Yes, bear. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay. Hi. Yes. yes. So sometimes the, you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you? Yes. Okay. Like, you know, like this one was not a particular one of his that he used but you know like sometimes you're the bug sometimes you're the windshield right or whatever so right. one of those cliches that you really shouldn't be saying to patients or clients but sometimes we just say them anyway I guess especially um, in like a true <laughs> comatistic <laughs> or confused or you know yeah. oh my gosh um, we need to get some Haldol this guy thinks the bear is coming to eat him yeah exactly right like do you say that and then a guy thinks that there's a bear um by the way it was beverly hillbillies is the show um from plant your corn early apparently oh, that's what okay. i knew it i've seen it i just yeah that's i knew I, mean. I knew the family name but i just didn't know where i knew it from yes okay so one for you and one wrong um okay so the next one is you get more flies with blank than blank Okay, so if you get more flies with honey than manure. Close. Hmm? A little more work appropriate. I mean, I, do, I know the saying is manure or poop or... We used vinegar, but you see you're close. Vinegar, yeah, I'm close. Yeah, we'll give you that one. Interesting. But at work, you can't really use well, I mean, I guess you could, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> um, maybe the thing is vinegar, and I just always assume manure. Well, I, I learned that one. We learned manure, that one this so. week. 
anyway, so, um, okay, so never take your blank to the blank hospital. Never take your mom to the effing hospital. <laughs> That's not it. Um, you never take, well, you would never take possessions to the hospital, but I highly doubt two nouns. So these are two like singular nouns, things that have heartbeats. Never take your dog. Never take a cat. Never take your cat. What was the saying? Never take your cat. Never to the take blank hospital. The vet hospital? People hospital. Dog hospital. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Ah, Never take okay. your cat to the dog hospital. Yeah. Don't ask why. Please, so these are things that have been said in rooms. But you know what? It's sad because it's probably true. Somebody has probably taken, I have passed on our recent vacation, we passed many of cat hospitals, and I am sure because of location, somebody took a dog to a cat hospital. <laughs> the thing is probably very true. Yes. I didn't know that they had specific cat hospitals and dog hospitals. Like, it's a vet, it's an emergency. Yeah. Are you 24 seven or not? Right, exactly. Like, does, can, you, can you help this thing or not? Okay, so we're gonna go with, let's see, number five here. No blank, no blank. Two different words. No money, no problems. <laughs> That's mo money, mo problems. Mo money, mo problems. What's the, what's the uh, uh, other song? Why got ninety nine problems? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What was it again? Sorry, I got distracted. Score all over here. Girl. <laughs> no blank. No blank. But like comma, like no blank. No blank. Like mo money, mo problems. No pooping. No scooting. <laughs> no. Keep in mind, most of these have nothing to do with the medical profession. <laughs> These are just true, like, like I shit. always go there. Like you can't leave until you have a BM. Yeah. Um that I have no clue. Like, can you give me something that was like, do you remember the situation or the context? Well, you know, I mean the situation and the context didn't really matter because these things were said in every um, So he just said it and and just So like you gotta go for it. How's that? Gotta go for it. Go for it. Like go big or go home. Yes. I'm sure that was probably said too. <laughs> you should get a point for that one. They're bigger in Texas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I have no clue. No guts, no glory. No guts, no glory. Okay, that's a saying. I know that one, but I would have never. Interesting. Um, so that's a no. So you're three right two wrong so far all right three right two wrong okay blank yeah here's number six blank is power 
money is power, but that's probably not what he said. Cash is power. No, it's not related to money. And it's not healthcare related. So knowledge is power. Yes. Okay. I'm just going to drink because I'm a little parched. <laughs> She's like, I'll pretend that I got that one right. Um, so it is better to ink, but there, sorry. It is better to ask for blank than blank. Isn't the saying, it's better to ask for forgiveness? Oh, it, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Yes, yes, yes. It's so true. Somehow this applied to being a patient or a client in the mental health field, but you know, whatever. Something I would probably not tell my clients. Like, yeah. <laughs> Go out and commit that crime. Get that DUI. <laughs> Go do that line of coke. How many years am I going to get? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Um, never blank a dead blank. Never beat a dead horse. Close. Never beat, did I get that part right? Oh. Never eat shredded meat. No, you were better with the horse. <laughs> Never blank a dead horse. Never kiss a dead horse. Never feed a dead horse. Never well, I ride mean, a dead horse. Close, I mean, closer, closer. <laughs> You're getting closer. You don't drive a horse. Never guide a dead horse. Never sit on a dead horse. Closer. Okay, it's not beat, it's not sit, it's not drive, because you can't drive a horse. It's not ride, it's not guide, it's not, not lead. ride, not guide. It's not feed, but it's close. Sitting and riding was close. Never bench a dead horse. <laughs> I'm gonna have to just give you this one. We could be here. Never jump a dead horse. Okay, it is sitting. It's near sitting. What do you do before you sit on a horse? Never squat on a dead horse. <laughs> no. I don't squat, so. No. Never. <laughs> Have you ridden a horse? When's the last time you've ridden a horse, Christina? Girl, like the last time I rode a horse was like 1993. <laughs> <sighs> Never straddle a dead horse. Saddle. Saddle. Oh, see, I was going with the whole squat sitting thing. Never. Okay. Yes. I was saddle. Close. Very close. Very close. I'll, I'll, drink you, that. I'll give you half a point for that one. <laughs> um. They're not getting easier. No, sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting weirder as they go. Um. It's too blank until it's too blank. It's too blank until it's too blank. It's too something 
it's too late is the last word late mm-hmm. okay and it's not early but <laughs> that would work okay it's not it's too Our listeners probably think I'm such an idiot. <laughs> You're putting you on the spot, you know. You are putting me on the spot. Okay. What is it again? It's too... It's too blank until it's too blank. It's too... It's too good until it's too late. It's too bad until it's too late. It's too little too late. Close, no. It's too small, it's too late. Not that close. Well, damn. It's too soon. It's too soon. It's too late. Until it's too late. Until it's too late. And that really would help a person who was struggling with a decision, right? Like, wouldn't that help you if you couldn't decide what to do? And I told you that, right? Like, there's another cliche you should probably not say. I'm just saying. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, we've got hospice in now. But it's too soon until it's too late. (laughs) Okay. Um, This one. Happy is the patient in the AM who had a blank in the blank <laughs> but it rhymes and it's all letters happy is the patient in the am who had a bm in the pm yes that was amazing i'm so impressed i'm so <laughs> impressed like that was like the most medical one in the whole well and, and that's like where i've been going this whole time finally i, <laughs> I finally one. i right finally found you I finally found you a poop one. All right, so that was out of nine. You got one, two, three, four and a half, five and a half, six and a half out of nine. That's not bad. Good average. Yeah, yeah. Any other um, cliches that you've heard used um, that maybe shouldn't have been used? Those are those are the ones that I could think of. No, I I always refer back to my husband. He always says this terrible cliche and and I don't even know if it's a cliche because it's something that his dad always said (laughs) and I I could never like understand why he said it but he always said hope is for stupid people (laughs) yeah we're not going to use that one either (laughs) I'm like where is he saying but let me say this my husband is the like textbook pessimist yeah textbook and I am like the exact opposite well I am my husband is on the thing of like religion as a mental illness like it's just something that you trick your mind into doing so that you can relax or feel at peace or you know like it's a psychological um not mental illness let me back up that was not his words that was my um summary of his words but so it's more of like a psychological trick 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like it's something that you do to trick your mind into being relaxed or calming or figuring out like everything's going to be okay or working out that everything's going to be okay. Um, you know, and he prefers more like of a spiritual experience, not necessarily like that you have to believe like there's people and there's these things happen, you know, like more of a universe approach than, um, yeah. So yeah, and I'm kind of the opposite. I mean, I'm not religious, religious, but I'm, you know, I certainly that don't share the same view. I'm a lot more opposite, like, you know, yeah, you gotta do whatever you gotta do to stay calm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now I am like the first person I like legit freak out instantly. And like, he's so calm, cool and collective. But like after the experience over, I'm like, Oh, so like, you know, we really got some good feedback on this. And he's like, you were just like drowning in your own tears over something that was so not traumatic. And like, yeah, I I am, I, yeah, I freak out instantly and then I dial back and then I'm always like, oh, look, there is a rainbow in the sky and things are going to be so great. And he's from the jump off. This is just going to go to the shithole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, he's just waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah. yeah that's when the other when the other foot's going to drop. Like, okay, this might have gone well now, but just wait. Just you wait. Oh, it's going to go to hell. It's so exhausting. It's yeah. so exhausting. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's see. We could probably move on to um, weird things that patients have said to us. Mm. So I have one that I will never, ever, ever, ever forget. And it was probably because I was an intern and I was like super green and I thought I was going to be this super social worker and I was going to save the world. And I had been so empowered, you know, after like year three, you're no longer Mary Poppins. You're like Miss Hannigan from... (laughs) from Annie but um I walked into this room and like this was during my internship so I was truly green and I walk into this patient's room and I was wearing my lab coat I didn't have scrubs because at the time we had to wear um like business casual so it was like khakis and like a shirt and I'm talking to this woman and I'm doing my you know evaluation on her and all of a sudden she looks at me And she's literally looking through me, but I didn't understand it at the time. And she's like, you look beautiful. How far along are you in your pregnancy? And I'm like, I'm not pregnant. Like this is the freshman 25. (laughs) This is the, I'm trying to put myself through social work school by working full time, going to school studying and doing an internship that doesn't freaking pay me a dime this is the damn macaroni and cheese that I eat at lunch (laughs) so I'm like oh I'm not pregnant and she had like no remorse you know normally they're like oh my gosh oh my gosh I'm so sorry you know or they try to like make up an excuse so I'm like I stewed over all night I was like I'm not eating anything I'm gonna eat lettuce drink water nothing the next day now mind you I'm working the same floor and I 
go into the patient room. Apparently she had like a total mental breakdown and ended up in the psych ward. So then I felt completely better about myself because now the crazy lady who was seeing through me <laughs> I was pregnant is now Baker acted. Oh my God. <laughs> just like, I got this. So yeah, she was crazy. Bad. I'm not, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm going to go have some more mac and cheese now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go take my lunch break now. Macaroni and cheese. Thanks. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, um, I've, I've had that too, but usually mine was mostly after I had kids because, you know, your body's never quite um, the same. And so I had it from coworkers. I had it from, um, patients. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've had a few really interesting, I mean, just like really interesting. And I actually write these down as I go, because some of them are just that memorable. Um, so like I had a, a patient that said, um, like we were asking them about if they would want CPR, you know, if your heart stops, do you want us to resuscitate you? Um, put you on a ventilator. And they said, well, if you do that to me, I'll come back and haunt you. <laughs> and I mean, I got the concept. The answer was clearly no, that they wanted to be a no code and that they, you know, did not want these things done. Right. And, um, but in my head, like the, because I am kind of a technical person, like the grammar didn't make sense. Well, if, if we do that to you, you're not going to be dead. So you're not going to be able to haunt us because you're still going to be alive and on a ventilator and right. have done CPR to you, or maybe you won't survive the code. I don't know, but I'm like, okay, well, thank you. I certainly got the message <laughs> instead of just saying, no, I don't want that done. That was there, you know. Um, so I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then a different patient, we were talking similar situation, like, you know, um, you have an incurable disease and, you know, if something should happen, do you want the medical team to continue to treat you and, and try and, you know, perform these life-saving procedures on you? Or do you want, you know, to allow natural, natural death? Like, where is this going? And his response, which, you know, sometimes you have to be like, I need a yes or no answer. So like, sometimes you have to say, you have to tell me, yes, you want this or no, you don't. And so his response, when we talked about, you know, you have a terminal illness, this is what your options are going forward. Do you want these things done if something should happen to you? And he said, well, I'm hard to kill. So yeah, go ahead. I'm hard to yeah. kill, hard to kill. I was like, oh really? So people have tried before? Like, I don't even know, how do you answer that? Like, how do you know you're hard to kill? Has someone tried to kill you before? <laughs> have you ever had the, um... And I got this a lot because I would go in and talk about like home care, like, do you want any home care to come out or this or that? And they're the exact opposite. They're like the lonely senior. And you say, well, do you want home care to come out and be like, well, are they as cute as my nurse? Like, I'm not cute enough. <laughs> like, you know, I get it. I'm not as cute as your nurse. But not that I would go to his house either, but it's like, thanks. No, it's not as cute as your nurse. It could easily be a man. I don't know. I don't arrange it. I just say, well, let's get a home care order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm really not sure the um, physical attributes of the home care nurses or their names or their ages or their, you know. Or what they prefer. Sexual preference. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't have any insight in that. I'm 
like quite honestly, you'll be lucky if you get the same person every time that they come out to your home. So are they going to be a cute nurse? Maybe you might get a cute one. <laughs> I don't hey, know. It, could get like grandma. Yeah. I had a, I had one that said, we tried to explain to him that he needed oxygen um, and he lived, he was chronically homeless. And so he lived like on someone's property and like a shed kind of whatever. And that was his normal. And you know, it is what it is. We certainly were not trying to argue the fact, but we were kind of saying, I don't know that you can go back there. It was fine. I'm glad that it served you well and that you had a friend who let you live there but you can't go back there because you need oxygen now. Like you're on, you're hooked up to these tubes. And he's like, well, the oxygen in the trees at my camp will help me. I'll be okay. The oxygen in the trees will help me. No, you need like electric. You have to plug in this concentrator. It's, it's not really free anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But the trees are just not going to cut it. They might've done great for you for the last 30 years, but you know, now you have some sort of condition that you cannot live. Like if we take this oxygen off and you go to that tree and try to breathe through it, it's, you're going to die, like die right then and there. And they're like, oh, like, like that was news. Like you didn't realize that this thing. Yeah. 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 And again, once I sit there and analyze the the sentence, it makes more sense to me, like why they would think that, right? But when they say that to you and you're in the room and you're like, what the heck do I say back to that? Like, how do I answer yeah. this? How do you, how do I answer this question without sounding like an asshole? Right. And, the guy, yeah. Like yeah. you want him to feel comfortable talking to you, but yeah, like the oxygen is free, but clearly the free stuff isn't working anymore. Like you need to like bump it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We know the free stuff needs a little boost. Yeah. And clearly an extension cord from the house going into this like shed that he's living in is clearly not going to work. No, so, not safe. He already set the shed on fire once. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So then I had a patient who, bless his heart, was a little confused, but just one of those fun, confused ones. You know, the ones that you could talk to for like hours. Oh yeah. my gosh. They're quite possibly one of my favorite patients. Um, and, uh, and so we were talking and we had come and gone a few times and come in and out, you know, throughout the day, throughout the week. And we came back and um, he said to my coworker, oh, there you are. And she was like, oh, hi, you know, just trying to be friendly. And um, he said, I've been thinking about you, Sarah Ann. And uh, he said, it is Sarah Ann, right? And she said, no, it's Lauren Louise. And he's like, oh, I get my L's mixed up. <laughs> I'm like, well, Sarah Ann and Lauren Louise are not even close. Like, you didn't just get your L's mixed up. You have your whole brain mixed up. You have your whole, all the whole women situation mixed up. <laughs> Thank God she's not your girlfriend because she's going to think you're cheating on her. Right. Like Sarah Ann and Lauren Louise do not have anything to do with each other. Right. Yeah. I had a, um, I'll never forget this woman too. Um, her family was, I can't remember if they like lived nearby, completely unrelated to the story, but the woman was so sweet and she was like dementia, um, but so, so sweet. And 
there were certain things that she was very particular about. And I can relate because it's like, I am very OCD when it comes to my food. Like I can't have my food touching. Like I am the worst at potlucks and Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like do not pile food on my plate. Do not. And gravy. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on gravy. Like I don't like it. One, I just, I don't. But two, why would I put gravy when it's going to be turn my whole plate into soup, right? So this sweet woman, like, I think I was the only one that really and truly understood this. So when it came to like mealtimes, I would go in and help her like separate her plate. Oh. And they brought me um, a DVD set with like Mr. Bean because he was very much like, you know, and they brought me the whole, the whole like set. They bought it at like a um, a thrift store or whatever because it had the the logo on it. But and they were like, we will never forget you because you always looked out for her and her meals. I mean, oh my it's god, crazy! But it's like, okay, this is gonna be me in fifty years. Your little neuroses. <laughs> and at the time, I didn't have you know my son, so I'm like who's going to separate my food when I'm in the old home? Like, <laughs> like oh my maybe God. a really nice social worker that's just as quirky as me and is going to come in and separate my peas and my mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine like if one of the aides, you know how sometimes, and bless them, I'm not complaining, right? Because you're doing, like I probably did it for my own kids. Sometimes I hide peas in like yeah. the rigatoni like you know or whatever I'll shove them in the pasta or I'll wrap them up in rice or eggs or something right but can you imagine like I've seen some of the aides they'll take like a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of that and they'll you know hand feed the oh my gosh can you imagine that poor lady if her food oh yeah oh oh my gosh and like certain things I can't eat together like at all like it doesn't make sense like one time my husband like in like this random conversation he says to me he's like yeah he's like we had tortellini for dinner but then I um I was still hungry so I had a hot dog and I'm like and I'm thinking like you just had tortellini and red sauce and then you were still hungry and you ate a hot dog like this sounds absolutely dis- like my taste buds just went into like overdrive like those don't mix I'm gonna be that crazy lady in the psych ward because I won't eat when my food touches when I'm like a hundred. Well, you better put, put that in your advanced directive. Yeah. I already told my sister cause she's younger than me. I've already told her, I'm like, look, if I end up in a home, you have to make sure several things. I need a bra. I need tweezers. So you can pluck those weird straggly hairs that could possibly like show up on my face, like my chin, my eyebrows, even though I probably need those done now. But, um, and I also need to have like toothpaste, toothbrush, my stuff. Like, I don't want that chintzy crap that they give you, but anyhow. Yeah, total sidebar there. I want my fuzzy blanket, like the really soft one. It was like super soft. Mm. Anyway, okay. Um, Let's see. What else do I have? So I have, this one's from a family member. Oh Lord. I said, can you come in tomorrow at 11 to meet with us so we can talk about, you know, your wife's care and blah, blah, blah. And he said, I need a wake up call. 
If I take my meds, I may fall asleep and not wake up. Like, so to me, if you fall asleep and don't wake up, that means you're dead. But, but so he would like a wake up call for his, the meeting that I'm inviting him to because he'll fall asleep and he won't be able to wake himself up. So is the, is it a sleeping aid that he's taking or it, like, well, I mean, clearly he's not going to tell you that, but right, like, it's not my patient, right? It's a family member. So I don't know, you know, you if it was my client over there ODing and like, Right. And so I'm like, what do you mean you might not wake up? Like, and so how do you function? Like, what if you have a doctor, like you need me to call you, to wake you up, to remind you to come and see me. But like, what do you, how do you get through life? Right. Like, have you ever had another appointment at 11 o'clock? Like, I'm not asking you to come in at 8am. Like, you know, I, right. I always feel like 11 is a reasonable time. Yeah. Right. That was right. an interesting one too. Um, and then I've got, oh, this one's a good one. So we're sitting there with a family member and the patient and they're trying to decide whether or not to um, have dialysis done, like have to start dialysis. The patient hadn't been on it, you know, and they were trying to discussing the pros and cons and kind of just like processing what was happening. Right. And so that's a big, that's something really to chew on. And sometimes it takes people months, right? If they know it's coming, you know, the doctor right. will tell them months in advance that they need to really think about it. So she says she's on her phone it's a friend or yeah it's a friend it's not a family member and she's like oh who's the doctor and so I say the name you know Dr. So-and-so and she's like oh his google reviews are good let him do dialysis on her if he wants that's fine well if it's on the internet right because google said he's good so it's fine yeah you hey, know if google says he's good then let's see He's got to be good. And I was like, gosh, that's more of a millennial thing. And this lady was older, but Google said it's okay. And I'm like, well, but we we're talking about the pros and cons of it, the co- the complications, like the, the, what your life looks like, like how your daily life will be, how your weeks are, you know, you have to drive yourself there, get transportation, but as long as his Google reviews are good, it's okay. Yeah. Cause like dial, I mean, like I, I put dialysis and chemo kind of in the same bracket because like I mean, I've worked with them. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have, but you've worked with them and like, and I was more on the rehab side of things. So it's like, they have their treatment the next day, they're completely wiped out. Mm -hmm. And then the day of their treatment, they're wiped out because now their toxins have built up again. And especially those that probably are like, even though they're three days a week, they probably need a little more, but like you feasibly can't do that. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like chemo, like it just wipes you out. And mm-hmm. that's a big decision. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. something you just take off of a Google review. From Google. Yeah. Oh, hey, I, look, I Googled this drug. It says it works. EMS cancer. Oh, good. WebMD says that. <laughs> we, um, we were talking to one patient and we were asking like medical history and, you know, have you been treated for anything and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like only because of where I work and what I do. It, it might've been a patient who had um, some sort of history, whether it be like risk-taking behavior, whatever that risk-taking behavior was, they had some sort of history of that. And I don't know if it was current or not. Like I said, sometimes I just write down these things because they're funny. So this patient told us, we were asking like, 
you know, have you been treated for anything in the past, blah, blah, blah. And they say, well, none of, not for any of those catchy diseases. The catchy ones. I'm assuming those are like hep C and HIV and. Yeah, like, you know. get, yeah. But I mean, could be herpes. You never know, right? I mean, like you can catch a lot of things nowadays. You can catch COVID. <laughs> so I guess catchy versus like hypertension, right? Because that's not really a catchy disease. Yeah, you can't really catch hypertension. It normally catches you. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was just an interesting phrase that I had not um, heard used before either. We um we had one who was very um, spiritual, and he wanted to talk about God. And um, so I was like, you know, I step out of the way and let the professionals take care of that because it's not really my, it's not your forte, it's not my realm. Here I am, the social worker here. But I'm like, all right, we can, we'll go there if if I can direct the conversation, right? I'm trying to guide conversations. That's kind of what I do. And um, I said, well, we'll see how this goes. And he's like, well, do you believe in God? And I was like, oh, I hate these personal questions because really it has nothing to do with me, but. You always want to know. And I was like, well, it sounds like you believe in God, right? Like, how do I reflect that back on you real quick? Totally. Reflection there. <laughs> and so he says, well, God gave us the world. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And we really fucked that up. <laughs> and I, wa I didn't want to laugh, but I was like, that is the most true thing I've ever heard. Like, you want to get on a spiritual conversation? We can talk all day about that because I agree with you, dude, hundred percent. We really fucked that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, in so many ways. That was, that was my favorite spiritual um, conversation with another patient. I had a guy one time and I don't think it was at work. I was in, I remember I was in my scrub. So it could have happened at work. Could have happened in the parking lot. Could have happened to me just in the cafeteria. I don't remember. But I remember saying to a guy, because he sneezed pre-COVID, you know, they sneeze and you, you don't freak out. And I was like, oh, God bless you. Because that's, that's my normal reaction. I'm not like casting religion. It's just common courtesy. You stop breathing and your heart, your heart stopped apparently when you, you know, sneeze. So God bless you. He's like, oh, I hope not. the devil bless you I, I don't know how to respond to that but you know so there is someone in my life who um responds similarly and um when they sneeze and I say god bless you they say don't curse me I can't share who that person is but <laughs> I would kind of give it away but yeah so Oh my gosh. I had another, this one kind of counts as spiritual. This is my last one that I can think of off the top of my head, but I had a patient who we were talking about, um, like kind of what, what she wanted to happen for what time she had left. Right. Like, so what's your plan? And she said, well, I want to be cremated. And I said, well, that's not really what I was referring to, but all right, I'll listen, right? Because they want, you have to listen or else they're not going to ever get to what you are asking. Right. And so she said, I want to be cremated, but make sure I'm dead, dead first. Dead, dead. Not just having sleep apnea. I don't want to be cooked alive. 
And I mean, I 100% agree with her, but I really don't think that anyone's ever been cremated alive. I, I, I mean. Well, we would never know. I guess not. Right? I mean, you've heard stories where like people are at funerals and they hear the, and it's like the person, which doesn't, which totally blows my mind because like, first of all, like, if they're properly being like embalmed, because majority of the people, I mean, you have to, like, I mean, we've all worked in the hospital setting. You've seen what happens and the fluids that escape your body at death. So like, it's not, you know, to have this person being closed in a casket and then you hear, and they're alive. Somebody didn't do their job. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much of those are really. I mean, I know, like, I find it hard to believe that it happens, but I mean, you hear it, but I mean, who knows? Somebody could have burnt, been burnt alive. I don't know. The whole cremation thing freaks me out. I think it's pretty few and far between, though, if it was really to happen. Like, I yeah, think it's really not. Would. She was deathly afraid of uh, pun intended deathly afraid of that like she was very like that was her fear right like when you get patients in the hospital usually they have one like fear right like and they don't always tell you what it is but if you listen sometimes you can figure it out sometimes it's needles sometimes it's dying before their kids sometimes it's leaving their husband you know whatever their their core fear is well hers was fucking being burned alive I yeah I would have to say I'm on that path so yeah I mean I I certainly um would not disagree it wouldn't be my main fear, I don't think. So I, um, interesting, like I had, um, I have a visual impairment and on some days my eyes, one particularly looks a little more lazy and I literally was having not like a, a life or death conversation with a family member, but I had had many of conversations with this family, but just not this particular person. And in the hallway, straight up, and I'm aware of it. Like I know when it's, when I get tired, like I know that it's getting there. And he says to me, he stops me, he goes, I'm sorry. Now I've been talking to him for like 10 minutes. He says, I'm so sorry. He's like, I'm looking at you, but I don't know which eye's looking at me. (sighs) And I, I have never, Nobody's ever said that to me. Now I've had looks and you can kind of track, like I've had this issue since, God, I think I did the math like 19 years. So like at this time, I'm now a grown adult. Like I can see it. Like it still bothers me every once in a while. Cause like I do have the vision issue with it, but like I can tell when people are looking at me and they're trying to track to figure out which one. So I can kind of position myself so they can figure it out right. without them asking. Right, this turn. Yeah. And it wasn't even like a like a polite thing. Like he stopped me in the middle. Like we were in conversation in the hallway, not even like in this family member's room. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like I, I'm like, it's this one. And I pointed to it and I was like, <laughs> I can see you out of both. Like I, I'm looking at you. Like I'm not like gazing around you. I'm not oh focused God. on something else. Like you have my undivided attention. But yeah, people just, sometimes I don't think people think, 
But I'm pretty sure I'm one of those people. When I'm out in public, I just say whatever, you know, off the cuff. I know, but like, this isn't just public. This is like, like, you're in a professional setting, you're talking to a professional. Right. I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. And, and I will say this, like, there are, it's interesting because like, when you are talking to some of these patients, you can tell like how they raise their kids. Like you can, you know exactly how they raise them, you know, when you're having these conversations, because most of our patients, they live here, they came for like warmer weather, so they're not shoveling snow, they don't have to worry about the total climate issues or whatnot. So, you know, they, I'm 99% of them lie to their family and be like, oh, I'm doing great. Literally, they've been on the floor for two days, but they don't want to say anything, you know, because they don't want to freak their family out. So, you know you can tell by their conversation, by how you've met them and their bedside, what their family is like. So you kind of know what kind of shit show is going to come in or a non shit show. (laughs) So you always kind of prepare like, okay, this is going to be an intense one. I'm going to put and and you're just ready for a fight. (laughs) We had um, a consult this week um, from the ICU that, was just to discuss code status and and figure out what their advanced directives were and whatever and I was like that seems really easy like did you really need the social workers help with this like I don't know so I said what the heck you know job security so I go and I look at the chart and the patient has a has a healthcare surrogate and a living well and I was like oh well this already kind of taken care of and I look and everybody in the chart has been talking to the patient's mother but the patient's healthcare surrogate actually designates the patient's brother. And I'm like, well, I don't really understand. The patient is very young and has, um, what's the word? Like a, like a lifetime disability, like a disability. They're, they're disabled permanently, totally for life from something that they were born with. For, okay. um, not a birth defect, but like a, a disability. They were born, you disability. know. Yeah. And so I figured, well, the mom, you know, is, uh, they're fairly young. So they, the mom is probably, you know, good enough to participate in care and figure things out and help, you know, this person. And, um, but alas, they picked a brother that was, you know, farther out East or whatever. And it's like, okay. So we call the brother who has his own permanent and total disability from childhood, from birth. So she has two children? Yes. Both disabled at birth? Yes. Or at least they've grown with this disability, whether right, they were born. Birth. Right. They were born with this genetic disorder. Interesting. Okay. So thank you for pulling us into a shit show because I really thought that this was like, call the mom and find out what they wanted right, right. like because the patient's not able to talk to us and so and then but then I saw oh well, they have an advanced directive so not a big deal I'll just call the brother well you call the brother and then the brother's like well I don't know we gotta call my mother but yeah but your brother wanted you to make the decision well I don't know now we gotta call mom and I was like oh my gosh like 45 minutes later I was like wow no wonder they threw this onto you know my lap to figure out for the day because it was not as easy as it looked when I first signed up for it <laughs> yeah. Security. 
that always is a frustrating thing too, because you know, you have the patient who like I, I ran into this a lot and I would always say like, I need one point of contact. And if you've got like a shit ton of kids or a shit ton of whatever, you know, healthcare surrogates that you've assigned, boyfriends, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if you've got like, you know, sister wives thing going on, I don't care. I need one point of contact. Bring me the documentation. Show me, you know, who's the real person that I need to contact because you always have that one family that, you know, this son goes, you know, lives down the street, goes shopping for me daily, walks my dog, brings my trash out, you know, checks my mail, blah, 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 blah. And then you have this son that lives cross country, you know, living this extravagant life who now thinks, well, mom's in the hospital. I'm going to make the call. Well, guess what? You're not primary. And then you have to sit there and be like, you are not primary on this documentation this person is you are secondary i'm talking to the primary person this is the caregiver this is the one that you cannot make these judgment decisions and then i leave for the day and the next day i have a nurse sending me sticky notes saying this son and i'm like no the son does not make decisions like i have it pasted on the chart I mean, there's nothing else I can do, but that used to happen all the time. It's like bring in the documentation because when it comes down to it, there's one person that can make the decision. And quite honestly, I like in this particular case, I kept telling both of them, like your mother is capable of making decisions. You guys can be a part of the decision-making, but your mom is of sound body and mind. And whether you agree with her decision or not, I'm sorry, but people make stupid decisions. That's what makes us human. And if she's making a dumb decision to go home versus what you two or you want her to do versus what you want her to do, she's your mother, respect her decision. Oh, the family drama is just so annoying. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. They say, they say all sorts of crazy things too. We could do a whole nother episode just on families and what they say. That would be a good one. Family drama. Oh, I got family drama that have family drama issues. Well, if you have experienced a patient who said something totally off the wall to you, like don't burn me alive or um, congratulations on your pregnancy. um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Please, by all means, send it into us or comment on our social media. We would love to hear it. Um, and laugh with you because sometimes that's what makes our days go by a little bit easier when we're having a hard day is laughing at one of these funny or cute or crazy, um, you know, stories that come out of people's mouths when they're not feeling well or in a counseling chair. Um, or if you have any cliches that like just make you laugh or that you're like, why would you say that? Definitely send them into us too. We can always like add on to some um, you know, our next episode with reviewing some of the stuff that you guys send in and hopefully soon, maybe we'll have a guest in the next two episodes, maybe. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of people that have um, reached out to me. They yeah. To work out their schedule. So yes, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll have um, some guests joining us and we'll be able to figure out how to get their voice in and get them included um, that'll be fun and uh, we have a whole list don't worry we still are pretty strong on our um, list of things to talk about 
including let's see um dude where's my car oh family trees we should probably do family trees soon those are my favorite family trees and family reunions those are my oh i'm a that's my specialty is, is um unplanned family reunions oh and then having to do your diagram mm-hmm who is who mm -hmm. so fun that was the one thing I remember like the most out of my uh, social work years of schooling <laughs> I should have paid way more attention in genogram class because I use that more than anything like I like draw pictures in the back of my paper and yeah I take lots of notes and yeah oh and we got to do cheaters too that's a good episode we could do a whole show on cheat we could probably do a whole podcast on cheat jerry springer style mm -hmm. oh and magic wands i've had a lot of magic wands requested this week yeah yeah so we got lots of cool stuff coming up thank you guys yeah. for um hanging out though tonight was fun um lots of good laughs hopefully you enjoyed trying to guess along with some of our cliches yeah and I can only do so many at once because if not, then poor Christina, you know, won't be able to wake up for work tomorrow. So true that. I have to get a new wine supply. Drinking the fancier stuff right now. Oh, I think you I thought you found us some wine. Well, I did. Yes, I did. I did. I found some wine. I um ah, it's gonna be great. And you know what? We forgot to uh, bring in um, our friend Tom. Amazingly, this wine that I did find, it's called Screaming Goose. So in honor of Tom, we will have some Screaming Goat wine. Even if we don't ever drink it, it's the nostalgia of the fact that we have Screaming Goat wine. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be part of our logo somehow. We're going to have to like, oh, maybe we could do that as a prize. We could find like a Screaming Goat wine glass and Oh, that would be great. Yeah, we are up to what, 80 listeners or 80 followers on Instagram? We're yes. Yeah. 20 more. Come on, everyone. If you get Join us to 100, we're going to do something fun. We'll find something fun to give away. Maybe we'll send you a screaming goat. Yes. And uh, we can't send you the wine, but we could send you like a wine glass or we could send a uh, decal or a to put on your own wine glass. That would be fun. That could um, be fun. Yeah, or we can send a screaming go. We'll have to find something, we'll something cool. Something. Yeah, we can come up with a couple of ideas, and uh, if you're lucky, 100, you can uh, pick your pick it. How about that? Like, what? We'll oh yeah, give a choice of something. Yeah, like when we get to 100, we can have everybody comment who wants to enter, and then yeah, we'll just have to keep track of it because you know we're just gonna have them all piling in now. <laughs> Everyone's it's gonna be. Oh yeah, everyone's gonna want Tom. All right. You can't name yours Tom though. No, you definitely can't name it Tom because Tom is our goat and he is the goat. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. All right. Well, have a great night, guys, and thanks for listening. And we'll see you again soon. See you later. You don't have to be a social worker or medical helping professional to enjoy this conversation. Anyone from any walk of life can tune in. Do you have a funny story about your work as a helping professional? Email us at socialworkerwinetime at gmail.com 
or find us on Instagram at socialworkerwinetime. The H is optional, like in our logo, because we might be drinking wine, but it's not optional in our email address and on our Instagram. Come and tell us your story. We may share your story on our next podcast. That's all for now. We're going to go dance it out like Meredith and Christina. Cheers!